Welcome to the Encounter Community Church Podcast, where we take God's Word and look at how we can utilize, practically apply it, and implement it into our lives. Welcome back to the Encounter Community Church Podcast. My name is Ken Bala Jr., and I am the pastor here at Encounter Community Church. Again, just wanted to take care of a couple of housekeeping things before we move forward. And that is, if you are listening to this podcast on our website, first of all, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I'm so excited that you're taking the time to do that. If this is your first time being here, I really appreciate you. And also just wanted to let you know, too, that if you've been coming for a while and you just turn into our website, because that is the spot where you listen to our podcast. Again, just want to say thank you so much. But I just want to give you guys a heads up for those of you that are interested one of the things that you could do is you can subscribe to our website. So you can go to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, wherever it is that you get podcasts, most likely you will be able to find us there. That way you can subscribe, and that way when we post new things, you'll be notified about it. Now, you may notice that this week the podcast is running a little bit later than typical. Uh, that's because... We're trying to get our church ready for Easter. That's right, Easter. I, I, I still can't wrap my mind around how quickly Easter is going to be here, but it's on April 4th, so it's just a few weeks away. So it's, it's going to be here before you know it. And one of the things that we're doing is we are prepping the outside of our church because we're going to do our Easter services outdoors uh, this year, which I'm really excited about because last year, our Easter service was completely virtual. We weren't even allowed to meet at that point because of COVID. So being able to at least have an outdoor service is really great, really excited about that. So we're just trying to do some beautification work in our parking lot just to make it more, uh, I guess, warmer, more accepting, uh, so that you can be actually be in a place where you can enjoy the service as well. And I'm excited about a brand new series that we're going to be starting on our Easter service called Where is the Love? And we're going to spend some weeks just talking about love and what love really is. And I'm telling you, you don't want to miss this series. So I'm hoping that you'll be able to join us for it as well. So physically, if you're looking for a place to go, on Easter Sunday, and you happen to be in Torrance, North Torrance, on Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and Easter morning, you want to come out for an outdoor service, grab a cheer, wear a mask, and come on out. Uh, for those of you that have kids, we will be doing a safe Easter egg hunt for the kids to be able to, to do and to have fun as well. But we are looking forward to just enjoying that Easter Sunday. And just seeing what it's like outside. But for those of you that have been listening, you know that this is the second week of a series that we are doing called How to Become the Goat. And GOAT stands for Greatest of All Time. And it's one of those things, you know, we, we argue about who's the greatest basketball player of all time, greatest football player of all time, greatest actor of all time, greatest actress of all time. Uh, this Sunday... We actually settled some arguments on which is the greatest candy of all time. 
And so it became a battle between M&Ms and Skittles. Taste the rainbow. <laughs> but, it, but M&M and Skittles, and it seemed like M&Ms won. Which, which one would you choose? Uh, the other battle that we had was Snickers versus Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. And I have to tell you that the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup won. Not because of my influence at all whatsoever, because it happens to be my favorite. No, 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 no. I did not bias the audience in any way whatsoever. Okay, maybe I did. <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. And then the biggest one that we settled was Oreos versus Chips Ahoy. Which would you choose? O-R-E-O with that chocolate creamy middle? Or chocolate with the creamy middle? Or Chips Ahoy, chocolate chip cookies? Both of which you can dunk. Both of which have their distinguished characteristics that happen to them when you do dunk them. But which would you choose? And the church chose Oreo. But I, I would love to get your thoughts, you know, on that as well. Which one do you think is the greatest? Now, one of the things that I have shared, and you may not remember this, or if you're new to the podcast, whenever we do series, one of the people that I like to try to preach to the most is myself. And, and I just like to take you on that journey with me. And, and hopefully, as I am on that journey, it gives you a chance to be able to discover some things about you, about God, about yourself. But but I feel like the most effective sermons that I do are sermons where I, I dig into my own life and begin to look at where would I like to be? Where would I like to arrive? So a lot of the messages are me speaking to myself. And, and one of the things that we've said over the course of this series is that every single one of us can be a goat in some aspect of our lives, whether it's as a husband or father or a son, uncle, or a wife, a mother, daughter, aunt, or just wherever it might be, as an employer or an employee, as a student or a teacher, or whatever role we may have in life that every single one of us have a potential to be the goat. I don't know how many of you watch The Voice, but it's one of those shows, if you're not familiar with The Voice, basically what happens is you have these coaches that are looking away from you, and typically it's Blake Sheldon. Uh, Every once in a while, it will be um, Gwen Stefani will be one of the coaches. John Legend has been a coach on there. Kelly, Kelly Clarkson has been a coach on there. I mean, we, we could just go through the list. Miley Cyrus has been a coach on there. I mean, they've had quite a few. And basically what happens is a person starts to sing. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to sing well enough to get those coaches to turn their cheers. And in turning their, their cheers, the coaches are saying, I want you on my team and I will coach you on how to pick better songs and how to be a better singer. I will coach you. And hopefully, our partnership may work together in such a way that you actually win the show. 
actually win the show. So that's that's the direction that they try to go in with the voice. And one of the things that always interests me is there have been times where I have watched the show and there will be someone who will start to sing and I'll think, wow, that person has an amazing voice. And yet the coaches don't turn. And in my mind, I'm thinking, like, what's wrong with you? Like, I, based on what it is that I'm hearing, I would turn. But you can also see why I'm a pastor and not a music producer as well. <laughs> but, but I would. I, I would turn. I, I would want that person on my team, but they don't turn. And then once the person is done singing, the chairs automatically turn around and they begin to interview and they begin to talk to the person. And sometimes what they'll do is they'll say something like, you know what, you have a really, really good voice, but I'm looking for the it factor. I'm looking for the it factor. And for some of them, they'll say, you know what, go home, practice, work on your craft, come back because the potential is there. But they're looking for the it factor. Have you ever thought about that? Like, what is the it factor? I have, I've been around people who seem to have it. There's something that is attractive about them. There's something that is encouraging about them. There's something that just, there's a magnetism that is about them. And not only that, based upon their, the it factor that they have, they tend to make other people around them better. Just, just seems really interesting that way. And, and, and so what, what is it? What is the it factor? And I think if you were to look at people that we would describe as being the greatest of all time, we would say there's something about them where they have it. Like we would look at LeBron and we would say LeBron James is one of the greatest basketball players of all time. He has that it. Kobe Bryant was one of the greatest basketball players of all time. And he had that it. We talk about Tom Brady, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. He has that it. Are there certain actors or certain singers or just certain artists that have that it? There's just something about them that just kind of draws you in. And I would argue that maybe that it is an aspect where they have become the greatest of all time in some aspect of their lives. Which gives me hope. Although I may never be a great singer or a good singer, or maybe even a mediocre singer. <laughs> I mean, you guys have heard me sing on this podcast sometimes. That's not my it area. And, and although I may not necessarily be successfully well off financially, that just may not necessarily be my it area. Although I may not necessarily be athletically inclined because that's not my it area. And I think that the challenge is for us to begin to delve into our lives, to begin to ask ourselves, 
Well, what's my it? Where is the area where God has designed me to have that it factor in my life? Last Sunday, we talked about this, and our main point was simply this, that the type of greatness that you pursue will either make or break you. And it is true that, that if I'm trying to have the same type of greatness as everyone else, then I'm wondering if I am pursuing a type of greatness that I'm not wired for. Now, as a husband, I can be wired to be a great husband because I can seek to be that. As a father, I can be wired to be a great father because I can seek to be that. There are some areas in our lives where we can have the it factor, where we can develop it. Because the it factor, although it may utilize talent, many times what I have found is for people that have the it factor in some areas of their life, it has also been connected with some diligent, hard work. Because talent can only carry you so far. There is one point, there is a point where you will reach the limit of your talent. And so then what you will have to do is in order to expand your talent is you have to be willing to put the work in, to grow, to develop. Because that is the point where hard work pushes you further than what talent ever would. But the beauty of that then is I can take hard work and apply that to being a husband. I can take hard work and apply that to being a dad. I can take hard work and apply that to being a boss or an employee. I can do that. I, I, I can dig into myself and do the hard character work in order for me to be able to grow, to develop, and become the person that God has called me to be. But that is, that, that's, the, that's the it factor. And the beauty of that, as I said before, you can develop the it factor in your own life. You really can. And so on Sunday, when we talked about the type of greatness that we pursue, we looked at what Jesus said about greatness. And, and I, I just want to encourage you, you can go back, you can watch the replay of the message from last Sunday. You can watch it on our, on our website. You can also watch it on Facebook or on YouTube. You, you can see it there and you can get some of the points that I talked about. I'm not going to recap the entire message because one of the things that we try to do is we try to allow the podcast and the messages to work together to create a complete idea for what we wanted to talk about that week. And for this week, again, the, the, the challenging question that we, we tried to wrestle is simply this, what is greatness? Because I think that that's the it factor. There is that aspect where there is a greatness or at least a potential for greatness that, that's there. It, it may be raw, but, it, but it's there. It's there. So as we begin to look at that it factor and we begin to ask a simple question, well, what is greatness? Then how do we pursue it? And then the main thing that we said about greatness on Sunday is people who are truly great make everyone else around them great as well. 
Jesus Christ said, I came not to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. That's what he said. And in looking at this, and so this is a conversation that Jesus had in Mark chapter 10 with the disciples as he just talked about what greatness is. Again, he says it in Mark chapter 10, verses 43 through 45, but among you, it will be different. What does he mean by it be, will be different? See, what he's just done before this, he's just described the typical greatness that is connected to societal greatness. But he definitely gives a differentiation between societal greatness and biblical greatness. And he says, whoever wants to be leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. So that was one of the aspects that we talked about on Sunday, is just this commitment to do what we can to make others around us great. So I just wanted to take a moment this evening, afternoon, or morning, whenever you listen to this podcast, and, and just begin to dig into another aspect of what does it mean to be great. And it comes down to something that Jesus said in, in John chapter 15. He said, I am the true vine, the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. So Jesus Christ gives a standard. And basically in giving that standard, he's saying that as someone who follows me, that your life should be producing fruit. It should be producing fruit. Now, what is the fruit that is talking about? Well, I think, that, I think that there are several kinds. It talks about in Galatians chapter five, it says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So, so there should be some fruit of our character that is growing and, and developing. Also, I think fruit is advancing the lives of others because the whole goal of fruit is to reproduce. So I need to make sure that I reproduce myself and the way that I can reproduce myself. And, and when I say reproduce myself, I'm not talking about reproducing a clone of me. I'm just talking about reproducing someone else who also becomes a follower of Jesus as well. So in my life, Based upon the way that I live, people should be able to look at me and say, you know what? I want what it is that Ken has. I want that aspect of Jesus in my life. I think that that is fruit. I think love definitely is a fruit. Am I, am I becoming more loving? Am I more loving towards Jesus today than I was yesterday? Am I more loving towards others today than I was yesterday? Am I growing in love for myself as a person, taking steps, moving forward. I think love is definitely a fruit and that love spurs on all the other development of fruit as well. So our, our lives should be productive. So this is a question that you have to ask yourself is, as someone who has decided to follow Jesus, if you're listening to this and you have decided to follow him, is your life producing fruit? Can you see growth happening in your life? If not, 
then maybe what you need to do is sit back and just take a moment to analyze your life and begin to look at what is hindering me from being able to grow. Last week, I gave a simple tool that will help us to be able to evaluate our life. Make sure you stay tuned in to the podcast until the end because I am going to go over that tool once again that we can look at. And then I I noticed that it, it says that for those who do produce fruit, that they will go through a pruning process. See, I think sometimes when we look at someone who's great, we look at the arrival, don't we? And usually when we see the arrival, we see the polished product. We see the polished product. Years ago, my my youngest daughter was into rocks. She, everywhere we would go, if we went on hiking trips, she would want to grab rocks and she'd want to bring them home. So eventually what we did was to give her something fun, we got a rock tumbler. And I thought with the rock tumbler, like you put it in for a couple of hours and boom, it like works out and it's great and rocks come out incredible. And basically what a rock tumbler is designed to do is it's designed to mimic the erosion process that happens that creates beautiful rock but it's designed to mimic a process that would take decades and to mimic that inside this rock tumbler, but it doesn't do it in hours. It's actually like a 30 day process of tumbling where you have to go through you put the rocks in, you put this initial powder in, you kind of mix it and you get that going. And then later on, you take that out You rinse the rocks off. You put a finer powder in. And then you let that tumble for several days. And then you rinse that off. You put a finer powder in. And then you let that tumble for several days. And then what happens is after it's done tumbling, when you pull it out, the rocks don't even, they look nowhere near like what they did when you put them in. Like they are so clean and polished and beautiful and colors that you didn't know were there will begin to pop depending upon what kind of rock it was and and rocks that were dull when you put them in they come out with this incredible shine but it's all the finished product and I think sometimes we look at the finished product of others and we don't realize they've been through the rock tumbler of life They've had to go through some grit and roll and process and be grounded and be grounded and and have those rough edges sanded and polished off. And, And basically what happens is as you have these rocks in the rock tumbler and they're rubbing against the grit, but they're also rubbing against one another and there's friction that is happening that's allowing the rock to go through this process. And it is the same thing that we have to go through as well in order to arrive at that place when we are great. And and basically that's what Jesus is saying, is for those of you who do produce fruit, my father is going to prune you. And basically what happens when something is pruned is you cut off everything that hinders life. And then you also, you you go through and you begin to cut off 
the dead limbs and the dead elements and the dead leaves. And usually by the time you're done, if you've pruned well, it looks as though the plant that you pruned has been brutalized. But then you come back and it begins to produce new life and it begins to produce more life. We have to realize that if we are going to be great, what is greatness? Greatness is realizing that Jesus is the source of life and we must be tuned into him. But greatness also realizes that in order for me to be great, in order for me to be a great dad, I have to go through those moments where I'm not so great. Kids, please forgive me. Because <laughs> you've been through those moments and I'm still not arrived, I still have not arrived yet. In order for me to be a great husband, honey, forgive me. Because I still got some work to do in order to get there. But that greatness has to start with me learning how I'm not great. And that's uncomfortable. That's hard. That's arguments. That's having to look yourself in the mirror and being able to admit, I messed up. And then being able to come to your wife and say, honey, I was wrong. I messed up. And then you go through this learning process of how can you work on yourself and grow and change and become better. It's a process before you get to that point of arrival. Verse 4, it goes on to say, Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. So remain in me. I, I think I talked about this a few weeks ago, but I just wanted to go back and hit this passage because I thought it was really good at defining what it means to be great. See, part of greatness also is realizing that greatness has to have a source. If greatness is life, then greatness has to have a source. No one is great on their own. Nothing is great on its own. There has to be a source. And I love it. There used to be this adage that would say, behind every great man is a great woman. And I would think, I used to think, well, you know, that is so right on and that's so true. But then I began to realize how sexist that statement is. Why not be beside every great man is a great woman? See the difference there? That's what I had to learn in order to be a great husband. And I'm still working on it. I had to learn that me doing chores around the house is not me doing a favor for my wife. Me doing chores around my house, we're partners in this. We're partners in this. So we're, we're in this together, to work through this together. So it's, it's, it's not me doing my, my wife a favor, it's me doing my part. Well, I had to learn that. I had to learn how to understand that and begin to take on that responsibility. And began to just learn that there are not some duties that are my wife's duties. And there are some duties that are my duties or my responsibilities. Nah. We're a team. 
we work together to make it happen. But, but, I, but there's some things I had to go through and there's some discussions that we had to have. And, and there's some articles that she had to give me to read and me being willing to read them for me to be challenged on my mindset and challenged on my thought process. And like I said, I'm still aware. I, I can't, there, there's no way that I'm the goat as a husband right now, not even remotely close. But there is that. But the only way that I could do that is I have to remain connected. I have to remain connected. I have to remain connected to my wife because she is the greatest judge on whether or not I am a great husband. I've heard guys say, well, I'm a great husband. I am a great husband. And then you ask their wives, and that opinion differs. <laughs> so I cannot declare myself a great husband. My wife has to declare me a great husband. I cannot declare myself a great father. My kids have to declare me a great father. So let's work. That's that process. And I think it's the same way in life. In order for me to be able to arrive at where I want to be, I have to remain connected. And Jesus is saying, in order for you to arrive where I have designed you to arrive, you have to remain connected. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So there's that, there's that element. We can't. Now, now it, is, it is possible. And let me make this really clear. It is possible to achieve a type of greatness without Jesus. And we see people do it all the time. We see people achieve a type of greatness financially, a type of greatness positionally. Maybe they become a CEO or some, something along those lines. We, we see people achieve greatness and so many, in uh, fame, notoriety, we've seen people achieve greatness there. But again, that type of greatness is not the same as biblical greatness. It's not the same. And I can work to pursue that type of greatness in my life and completely miss the boat on biblical greatness. And then you know what the difference is? What happens when I arrive at that place of greatness and I have no one to share it with. Because in the process of arriving there, I sacrificed my wife, my kids, the people that mattered the most to me in order for me to arrive. And, and maybe I even justified it. Maybe even found scripture to justify it. But at the end, because I really wasn't connected with Jesus, I pursued the wrong type of greatness. So again, this type of greatness that we're talking about that is defined as us staying connected to Jesus. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. That, that's hard, right? That's, that's really hard to hear. But in a way, doesn't it kind of make sense? Like if, if, if I'm not productive at work, I lose my job. If I'm not productive at school, I flunk out. If I'm not productive in my marriage, it may end in divorce. 
So, so there are some truths that are that are self-evident when it comes to this. And you may think, well, 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 Ken, that seems harsh for Jesus to say that. Would, would God just toss me out? And, and just to make it really clear, being tossed out does not mean given up on. Sometimes we have to see the full ramifications of our choices to be motivated to get back on track and to get back in the process of saying, wow, I, I need to get my life back right. I need that. And it's those harsh moments of life that reminds us of why we need to do what it is that we need to do. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my father. I've seen people twist this passage. You may ask anything you want, but we have to look at it in context. It's not saying I can ask for that Royal Blue Bentley. <laughs> it's not saying that. It's not saying that I can ask for that house on PV with that ocean view. It's, it's not saying that either. Now, I'm not saying those things are wrong to ask for. I'm not saying that either. But what Jesus is saying is this aspect of you may ask anything you want in regards to producing fruit. And it will be given. You may ask anything you want in regards to your growth and your development. And it will be given. So we have to make sure that we, we look at these passages in context. And I love that. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. And this brings great glory to my Father. You are great. That's what he's saying. You are realizing your greatness. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow that greatness, when you arrive, that greatness feels good. It feels good. That greatness is a result of a connection with Jesus Christ, a greatness as a result of making others great around you, that greatness as a great husband, a great wife, that greatness, it feels good that your joy may overflow. This is my commandment, love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the Father told me. Now you may be thinking, well, wait, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. I am your friend if I obey what you say. That doesn't sound like a friendship. It does sound like a master-slave relationship. So, so what do you mean, Jesus? But again, think about it this way. For someone who is your friend, aren't they your friend because there are some cultural norms that they follow? 
And if they don't follow them, then they're not your friend. Some cultural norms. One, you don't date your friend's ex, <laughs> right? Isn't that one? You don't date your friend's ex. Like if you date my ex, then you're not my friend. You're not my friend. So, so those are examples. There are some cultural norms that exist that if we follow them, they build a friendship. But if we don't follow them, then our friendship falls apart. And so Jesus Christ is basically saying that same thing. There are some norms that exist in my relationship with you. And if you're willing to follow those norms and obey those norms, then they will keep us deeply and richly connected with one another. The first norm being love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then love your neighbor as yourself. If we're following those norms, then we'll see. And so I encourage you just to continue to dig in the scriptures to find out what those norms are so that you may obey them in your life. I see the difference in your life. So what is greatness? Greatness is staying connected in Jesus, for he is life. So I really do hope that this has been an encouragement to you in learning how to be able to be great. And earlier, I talked about a tool that we could use to be able to evaluate our lives. Again, it says in Mark chapter 12, verses 30 and 31, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. The second command I give you is this, love your neighbor as yourself. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And in counter, we say love up, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love out, love your neighbor, love in as yourself. And so here's a tool that we encourage you to use is Let's make that real and, real and practical. So for this week, at the end of the day, so, and just try it for a week. And then at the end of the week, evaluate it. And if you think, wow, this is a great tool, then continue to use it. But at the end of the day, sit down, maybe with a glass of wine and some music in the background, some candles, you know, just whatever it is that helps you to be able to just relax and focus. And just ask yourself that simple question. How did I do today with loving God? Are there ways that I connected with him? Are there ways that I disconnected with him? And kind of write that down. What about loving others? Who did I purposely serve today, encourage today, uplift today? How did I help someone get closer to God? How did I help someone who was broken? How did I help someone who was poor? Like, what did I do to demonstrate love to someone else today? And what are some ways that I did? So you can look at how you did and how you didn't. And then look at yourself. What are some goals that I've set for myself? How did I do with achieving or pursuing those goals? How did I grow in those goals? What steps did I take today in allowing that to become reality? And then write it down. And then after you've had a chance to evaluate yourself that day, 
Then ask yourself one simple question. How can I be different tomorrow? It's a very simple tool, but it makes our Christianity and walk with God that much more real. So give it a try. And again, I would love to hear your thoughts. So again, thank you so much for being a part of this podcast. I am so honored that you took the time out to listen and to be a part of it. And it's my prayer that you'll join us and be back with us next week. Again, we are doing our outdoor services. So if you want to come on Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. and join us in our parking lot for an outdoor service, love to have you. Would love to have you. But if not, you can also watch it virtually. Uh, this week, I'm excited because Daniel is going to be preaching this week. So I'm looking forward to what he has to say about how to become the GOAT, the greatest of all time. Well, again, a reminder, encounters about three things. Love up, love out, love in. Not going to go into detail. We've already covered that. But take care. God bless you. And we'll see you once again next week. Thank you so much for joining us for the Encounter Community Church podcast. If you could do us a favor, whatever service it is that you're listening to this podcast on, please rate and review us. If there's anything that we can do better, please let us know. But by rating and review, it also make our podcast easier for others to be able to find. If you would like to support us at Encounter financially with what it is that we're doing to make a difference in our community, whether it's the mobile food bank, whether serving at North High School, or making a difference again in our community, feel free to head over to our website, encountercommunity.church. Click the link that says online giving. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. That way when we post new live streams or new vlogs, you'll be updated. As well as please head over to Facebook and like our page. That way when we post new podcasts, again, new vlogs, new live streams, or have church events, you'll be updated and know what's going on here at Encounter. As we said before, thank you so much. We're so glad to have you with us. And we look forward to you being a part of the podcast next week.